Welcome to a series of netcasts brought to you by Yale University. Welcome to Yale University Healthcasts, brought to you by Yale Health. The future of care is here. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Yale HealthCasts. I'm your host, Dr. Adam Smith, and joining me in the studio today is Fran Batesol, RN, and one of our RNs in our Department of Preventive Health, Allergy, and Immunization at Yale Health. Welcome, Fran. Pleasure to be here today. Today we are going to be discussing the topic of immunizations, and that's something that has traditionally garnered a lot of attention, specifically as uh, or as concerns or surrounds childhood immunizations. But today we're here to discuss something a little bit different, which is the immunizations in the adult population. So Yale Health follows the guidelines from the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, and the specific question as relates to today's topic is the immunizations that adults should consider or that they should have. And I was going to ask if you could spend a minute or two just talking to us about that. Absolutely. I mean, commonly we think uh, the children should all have their vaccines, but we forget as adults that we also need vaccines. So I'm here today to remind you guys that it's really important to get these vaccines. Um, probably the most important one right now that there's a lot of media and um, um, actual really um, concern is the Tdap, tetanus, diphtheria, pertussis, or the whooping cough vaccine uh, pertussis. Um, and basically, that's important for um, individuals that have close contact with um, newborns or young children, um, especially those that are caregivers, grandparents, uncles, aunts, um, uh, babysitters, um, but really all adults, um, no matter if they're caretaking um, for a young individual or not, should have a one-time booster with Tdap. Um, it's good for 10 years. In 10 years, basically, um, you should normally then get a TD, which is tetanus and diphtheria. Um, if you're not sure, if you um, are a candidate for that, that's something you should probably talk to your clinician about um, or come to Preventative Health on the second floor at Yale Health, and we can look at your record and see if you need it. We really don't need an order for it. We can just automatically give that to all our um, patients. Great. And is the default bundle of these uh, vaccines the, the Tdap? So, for instance, if I cut my foot and I have to go to the ER, and they say, hey, have you had a tetanus shot? Chances are I've had one, even if I can't specifically Most remember. people can't remember 10 years ago, but we would boost you um, after five years if you did have dirt in a wound and we'd have to um, uh, boost you. But basically, we're not really even talking about injury-related or dirt in a wound, but that's primarily the reason we would give a Tdap. The piece that we're concerned about these days is in the early 2000s, uh, pertussis has come back in the United States. Our immunizations um, in the adult population has been waning. So we're more concerned about you getting the Tdap rather than the TD, which is the pertussis piece. So uh, again, all adults should get a booster. Great. Okay. That's good to know. Okay, great. <laughs> Moving on to the next uh, big player in the role of or in the world of immunizations for adults is the Zostavax, is the Zostavax or the shingles vaccination. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Zostavax, Zoster, shingles vaccine, pretty much all the same um, wording for the same vaccine. Um, basically now CDC recommends uh, anybody over the age of 60 to receive the vaccine. One-time dose. Um, there's been some more recent discussion that 50 to 59-year-old uh, adults um, uh, also um, are um, FDA approved to receive it at Yale Health. You need to talk with your clinician because we do need an order if you're 50 to 59-year-old. But those over 60 can just come to our department and receive the shingles vaccine. And again, you only need it one time. Uh, no boosters recommended at this time. So shingles for people over 60. 
perfect. Moving up to the age 65 and over age group, what have we got waiting for us there? (laughs) Around that corner. Uh, Pneumococcal or pneumovax, pneumonia vaccine, again, all the same uh, vaccine. Um, CDC recommends, and again, we follow CDC um, guidelines, anybody over 60 can just come to our department if they have not had it, can receive that. Um, Those under 65 um, basically need an order from the clinician, and again, that warrants a discussion with your clinician if you have other health issues that uh, would warrant it before 60. Recently, asthma has come to the list, and actually um, Mm -hmm. smokers. So again, we still need an order under 65. Um, and you're usually boosted after five years, just, okay. uh, again, to be aware of that, that you might need another. So we've talked about Tdap. We've talked about the, um, the need for immunizations, kind of the frequency of both the shingles and the pneumonia vaccine. How about the flu shot? Obviously, flu everybody shot. always asks about the flu shot every year. I assume that the recommendations are still for yearly all, flu shots. All adults every year. So it's coming up. Hepatitis B is also on this list. Um, anything specific to that that uh, that our listeners might find Hepatitis interesting? Hepatitis B, um, which protects you against um, blood and body fluid. Again, if you want to be protected, you can just come to our department and we can give it. More recent, the media has been talking a little bit about diabetics and Hep B, under 60 years old. So again, um, you can just come to our department. We don't need an order. If there's questions whether or not you really you do need it, it's something, again, you should talk with your clinician about it. A is also on that list, and that's uh, contaminated food and water vaccine. Hepatitis so, A. Hepatitis just, A. Just to I'm sorry. For our yes, listeners. thank yeah. you. Um, again, anybody who wants to be protected against those uh, viruses can come directly to the department. We don't need an order. Um, but again, um, if you're unsure, if you're a candidate for that, then you should talk to your clinician. But that's also offered. And I'm not sure if what was on the list, but HPV or Gardasil. I was going to say yes. There Switching go. gears a little <laughs> from our um, from our older adults to our younger adults. Certainly, it's a very popular question about HPV and the um, and the Gardasil recommendations because they seem to have changed a bit over the last five or so years since the vaccine was developed and um, put into put into active use. So yeah, so for our folks under age 26, I believe is the current age recommendation. Um, yeah, what, what can we, what do we need to know about HPV? So initially it was approved for females, basically 11, 9 to 11 to 26. So basically, uh, but more recently, um, our, our, our clinicians also have opened that up to males. So basically anybody, male or female, under 26 can come directly to our department and receive that vaccine if they want it. Um, it's a series of three, so they would come, you guys would come for your first uh, vaccine, and then two months later come for the second, and then six months later come for the third. We give you reminder cards because that is a tough thing to remember. That's the same with the Hep A and B. That's also a series. Um, but then after the series is completed, that should be all you need. Great. So all this is available at Yale Health. All this is in available in the Department of Allergy and Immunology. Right. Preventive Health, second floor. <laughs> do do I or would any of um, any of our members need a referral of any kind from their primary care clinician before they make an appointment with your department? No, and it's a walk-in clinic. You don't need an appointment. You just come pretty much between the hours of eight thirty and four thirty, and we can administer those vaccines. Again, the only um, exception is the uh, pneumonia vaccine for the under 65-year-old and the Zostavax from 50 to 59-year-old. Otherwise, if you want the vaccine, we're here to give it. Great. And my next question doesn't necessarily apply to our younger population, but it may. And it has to do with folks with chronic medical conditions or other medical conditions. We mentioned diabetes um, earlier, which would certainly qualify. 
the question that I have for you is whether or not those patients with chronic medical conditions or other medical conditions should consult with their primary care clinicians before coming to your department. Again, we have standing orders and we follow the CDC guidelines. So if you show up at our door, you haven't had it before, basically we can still give it. But still, if you have specific questions related to your individual illness or your, your individual disease processes, it would probably be best for you to talk with your clinician first. Great. I think that's always a good rule of thumb if yeah, you have any I, questions I or other medical issues going on uh, concurrently. Just so, to make sure that you're an appropriate candidate at that time, too, for the vaccine. Exactly. If you're not immunocompromised or whatever. So once we've sorted all of that out and we've decided to come and we're going to get our immunizations today, the other question that's probably top of um, most people's minds is, A, is this going to hurt? And two, <laughs> what are the side effects uh, for many of these uh, immunizations? Pretty much overall. Um, most people might have a, a teeny bit of soreness, maybe a little redness, a little local reaction at the site of the injection. Um, rarely, but sometimes with some of the vaccines, you might have a low-grade fever for a day or two. Tetanus is the one that kind of hurts and may hurt a little bit longer than the 48 hours. But those are absolutely normal, normal symptoms, but nothing bad. And most of them don't, don't hurt very much um, administering. It's maybe later on. Nothing that Tylenol or Advil with food wouldn't, wouldn't uh, take care of. Terrific. And in closing, I would like to remind our listeners that, or I guess of the importance that if you've had an allergic reaction to an immunization in the past, the importance of speaking to your primary care uh, clinician prior to receiving that to make sure that uh, an appropriate plan is in place. Sometimes desensitization regimens can be performed uh, so that you can still be eligible to receive certain vaccines in certain circumstances. So. Yes, frequently we have had our allergy referrals come out of basically um, an allergic reaction to a vaccine or a component of vaccine, and then the allergist basically uh, puts the guidelines through, and we handle that in our department too. Terrific. Well, I'd like to thank you again for joining oh, us today. You're very welcome, Dr. Smith. And I will uh, leave it to our listeners to get in touch with the Department of Allergy and Immunization at Yale Health uh, should they have further questions or wish to schedule an appointment. This has been a Yale University HealthCast, sponsored by Yale Health and the Office of Public Affairs. For more information on this and other health topics, visit our website, yalehealth.yale.edu.